0: Hey there, Nick fans. How you doing? Uh, happy Friday to you all. Uh, it doesn't really feel like a Friday to me because I'm still getting my bearings back. Being in from Vegas, where uh, I was supposed to be joined by Spencer Perlman. But Spencer, you had the misfortune of getting on a plane that decided to sit on the runway for, uh, what was it, five hours and not take off?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was not fun. And like, I'm a pretty big guy. Also, I was in the window seat, so I had no room at all.
0: (laughs) Um, I was taking off from Florida. I think it was two years ago. And this was when my daughter was still at an age where it's like, you you don't want to be in any one place with, uh, with a a child that age for more than like 10 minutes. And we were on the tarmac for two and a half hours. And then they told us, all right, you got to get off the plane. Um, We can't take off. That was fun. Um, yeah so just be listen be happy it was it was just you and there was not a small child with you because it could always be worse yeah i mean
1: look i became friends with the people next to me i was talking to them about actually the stuff that i look look at when i'm scouting because i was watching the net game from the night before okay um so i mean that was interesting i'm pretty sure they were you know kind of drunk at uh 12 (laughs) o'clock in the morning or not 12 o'clock you know at noon Um, Listen, (laughs) don't
0: judge There's no judging I'm not judging, you know I I hope they remember some of it, that would be kind of cool Yeah, so um, Spencer, I kind of skipped over my usual intro for you So Spencer, for anybody who still doesn't know even though he's been a regular guest on the pod at this point um, has worked for a WNBA team, has now worked for an NBA team um, is um, for my money, one of the better scouting eyes that we have. And I think uh, the greater basketball community is certainly starting to recognize that. And I'm always anticipating when I have you on for a pod, it's going to be the last pod that I have you on because you're you're going to be working full-time for an NBA team by the time I get uh, a chance to have you on again. So I like to take advantage of these situations. Um, You have uh, watched and digested um, all of the Knicks' summer league action. Um mm-hmm. after having spent uh the better part of the last year scouting um a bunch of college guys, but in particular I know you spent a lot of time scouting RJ and um interestingly enough uh Iggy Brzezakis. Um and you also obviously are familiar with the next young pieces who we saw at Scouting or, or saw at Summer League. So I have some specific questions that I want to go through for each guy, but just generally after the Knicks, and they have one more game that they'll play tomorrow, Um, after we're four games into the Knicks Summer League, did anything jump out at you particularly surprising, either good or bad, from what we saw from the Knicks? Uh, Let's
1: see. Anything good? Um, I think, well, the team improved definitely from game one to four Um, on both ends of the court, I guess, you know, probably more in offense just because defense, the communication issues in transition and the pick and roll were very much there in game four, just as much as they were in game one. Um, Can
0: I, can I ask you a quick question about that? Because a lot of, I was struggling and I don't know that you'll know the answer to this. And I don't know that anybody can know the answer to this. I was struggling after game three because the, the performance against the Raptors was, although it improved late and there were some, I think it was a little bit overblown, A lot of people um, were messaging me with, like, freaking out, like, oh, what the hell are the coaches doing? They're not preparing these guys. Is there a chance that, like, because it's Summer League and, you know, that there may be, like, specific things that they want to work on and they're just, like, for instance, not spending any time on transition defense and, like, communication with that stuff? Or is it just, like a failure to execute do you, do, can you shed any light on that because I, I honestly can't
1: i think the pick well transition defense i don't really think you can fault the coaching staff for you you can only you know tell the players to talk as many times you know as you can before they just finally listen um <laughs> that's a good so like, point. You know, yeah like two guys going to one man you know judd can say everyone find your man but if If Iggy and Mitch are going to the same men and, you know, leaving the corner guy open or if Kevin Knox is going for a bad steal, that's, that's not coaching. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. The the pick and roll stuff, like, you know, I posted a few clips on how they're Mitch was yelling at ice and they're trying to force the ball away from the, the screener. And the, the point of attack defender is just not doing that. Like, again, you know, you can blame the coaching for maybe if they didn't, teach them what ice was but i have a hard time believing that you make it through college high school and not learning that yeah i don't i I can't
0: Um, imagine that that's it yeah like that's not
1: uh, the offense you can blame on on the coach i think the defense you can't and even the offense you know these guys have a week and a half i think of practice maybe yeah you you can't put you know a, a 50 page playbook in or however long their playbooks in that time
0: that's a that's a great point um so then so then okay, I I cut you off. You were saying you saw improvements defensively and, and offensively. Yes. Um how uh in what just getting better with that that kind of stuff, like reading pick and roll defense and stuff like along those lines. Yeah, on on uh defense
1: I guess guys were making rotations more. Okay. Um you know, Amir Hinton, I think actually in game three, I saw him make two basically cross court rotations that in the few games I saw with him he was not making. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that was kind of cool to see that improvement. Mitch needs a lot of work with his footwork, and, you know, he needed the same work last year. So now, I guess, was the time to improve that, and I didn't really see much improvement there. But then, you no know, RJ, I think RJ's defense actually looked a little bit better in Game 4. Game 3 there was quite possibly the quickest slide. and I know this is incredibly particular, but I have not seen him move this quickly laterally through any Duke game I've seen. Um, I'll see if I can actually try to find it and maybe post it on Twitter. But he was like really moving. Like, you know, Avery Bradley, lateral quickness, you know, whoever you want.
0: Um, <laughs> That's a great comment. It was impressive. Is, um, is he going to be yeah. – he should be able to get skinny on screens at some point, right? Is I mean, and I say that I, – I asked that very particular question specifically because he is a big guy. Mm-hmm. But like just because you're more physically built up, it doesn't preclude you from being able to – you know, get around these things. Right. I don't think so. I mean, Bruce Bowen
1: did it. Jimmy Butler does it. Kawhi Leonard does it. Like those guys are big guys. I think RJ is, he's definitely more stiff. And I know next to nothing about, about biomechanics aside from maybe a little bit how to like improve your vert. And that's it. I Yeah. Uh, it's like, I don't really know how he can lose the stiffness. Maybe it's as simple as foam rolling, but I mean a lot of it's just effort and just kind of knowing where the screen is and when you see the screen trying to beat it earlier you know sometimes he's taking that first step back and the second you take that step back you're going to have to take another step forward and you know the steps a lot further than just going in from a neutral position forward
0: is that um, is that an anticipation yeah. thing what what like why would he be taking that step back do you understand what I'm getting at
1: it could be a comfort thing too uh, okay. cuz you know
0: that makes sense. Instead of going from like a neutral point, like if
1: you're standing completely still, it's harder to explode going forward than if you are if you have some momentum pushing you that way.
0: Sure, yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, but so but the sliding, that, that's a good sign, right? Yeah, I mean that was impressive. Um I'm,
1: after this I'm definitely gonna try to go back and find it because it was cool.
0: <laughs> um, well but listen, let's just get right into RJ, because I think he's you know, he's the one everybody was paying the most attention to. Um do you think I have two two questions about RJ one more offense one more defense do you I'm almost wondering because of what you just talked about in in terms of his uh, being a little bit more stiff and we we saw it, you know guards blow by him um quite a few times uh, over the course of the summer is there a possibility that maybe I'm I'm not saying this year maybe not even next year but because of his ability to rebound really well um is there a possibility he plays some four like way down the line, or is that nuts? It's just a random thought that I had watching him on defense over the course of the week.
1: I think so. I mean, like everyone's playing down now and he's six seven two fifteen he can honestly probably get to like two twenty five and maybe even two thirty just because he's you know he's huge like he's he, his frame is awesome it's ridiculous um so you know, if he does end up getting to that 225 range, I can definitely see him guarding some of the, you know, maybe not full on fours like Anthony Davis, but some. Yeah, of the small. no,
0: I'm 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 talking about like selectively for like, yeah. you know, in, you know, ten minute spurts in a game here or there. I just wonder because it, you know, based on what we've what we saw the last week, it seems like if anything, which and you know we could debate the merits of this um they're going to they're going to push him to maybe play a little one at times or maybe they were just experimenting with that i don't know but um you know i i i don't know it was just a random uh, random thought i had the bigger question that i have with RJ is this his fir- his first step on offense is there it it looks to me it looks a little slow right now is is that what what struck you about his first step on offense, if anything? Yeah, I'd I'd never really been a fan of his first
1: step. Okay, um, just like he, going back to Duke, I always thought he was more of a power guard than someone who can actually just kind of blow right by you. And I'm trying to pull up exactly what I said in my scouting reports, but I'm pretty sure I said the uh, the same thing there. He's he's physical, and you know if he ends up kind of cutting. No, in, instead of going wide around the defender, if he's able to just kind of put that foot forward and, you know, maybe if he's attacking right, he'll use his left shoulder a little bit to kind of push him off. Um, okay. I can see him getting the step on people, but, you know, one of the reasons why I actually thought his best – or a good way to, you know, remove some of the not-so-great athletic uh, abilities he's had, he what he has would be actually to play him off the ball to – get him going downhill easier.
0: That's really, Hmm. Would, would it work? I wonder if we could see him maybe functioning even at, I don't, I don't know if he did a whole lot of this at Duke, but maybe functioning as the screener and then get him in like, I I mean, it's maybe it sounds a little ridiculous, but get him in like short role situations where, or, or, or full on role situations where, you know, obviously you're letting him decide that. I mean, he's certainly Mm. big enough to set screens. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he can probably set good screens. Yeah, like right. Physical ones. Yeah. See, it's like for as much as I get down about some of the stuff that we see, like the lack of a of burst on that first step. Just like even talking this out about all the different ways that you could use the guy, and he's not you know he's a smart player. I think that much we. I, I mean, I I think so at least we we've seen. Um, encourages me I'm like I'm trying to basically think about ways that we could try to make him into the poor man James Harden and I'm not comparing him to Harden don't for a second think that but like with his ability to draw fouls if and and um one of the questions that we got from someone uh was can you compare and contrast RJ's jumper at Duke to how it looked in summer league and we were talking before we started recording that you said that the hitch looked like it went away a little bit and the footwork's a little bit better
1: Yeah, it looks a little bit smoother uh, on the release, and I mean, you know, it's hard to tell not seeing it live and pretty up close. But it also kind of looks like he's not blocking his line of sight as much, which is Um, great. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you can see the rim, that should (laughs) in theory help your percentages.
0: So I mean, if Um, if if, you know a year or two down the line, you could get him up to like thirty, you know, six, seven, eight, and I understand like how many how many step backs and how many off the dribble. Uh, threes he takes, obviously factor into what those percentages are going to be, but just assuming he could become an above-average um, three-point shooter on volume, which I think there's some, you know, everybody seems to be hopeful for, and the ability to draw fouls, if he could just get get moving and get, whether it's through his size or whether it's through being off the ball initially or whatever, um, I you know, I just want to see him tra- I feel like that's the optimal outcome for him, right, is just Ten threes a game, ten foul shots a game. Do you how do you feel about that? Um
1: well I guess we'll break it down into two things. But ten threes a game I don't really I guess see happening. Maybe, maybe not ten, like but I don't know. Yeah, I could see like six maybe. Okay. Um that's fair. Yeah, six I mean look if he hits six if he takes six threes a game and if he's making them at thirty, you know, thirty five percent just about league average, I think the league average is thirty six last year.
0: It was I looked awesome. a couple of times. It was like between thirty five and thirty six, yeah. Okay, so like if he can hit league average
1: on five to six attempts a game, that's going to open up so much. And then going to the free throws in college, he actually didn't draw that many fouls. Like he drew fouls, but relative to his field goal, so his like free throw rate was actually on the low side. Um, that was I think it was was a game three or game four though. He took ten free throws.
0: Um, game four, he took ten. As as um, Dan Daiged Harp. was uh, harping on throughout the broadcast.
1: Yeah, that's pretty um,
0: funny. Yeah, like it's different in the NBA because you now you can
1: flop a little bit more, and you know it's it's also it's also different in college because you know you can use your strength a little bit more, so maybe you're not going to get as many calls. Um, but I mean, ten free throws is probably hard. So I, I'd probably aim for five to six three point attempts and maybe eight free throws a game. Okay, um, I think that's I mean that's more than fair. Yeah, but that's. You know, that's eight, ten free throws, it's close enough. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um Okay, any any other general impressions about RJ before we move on? Uh, he recognizes mismatches well.
1: Okay. That was something that improved me. Like he and Knox actually I posted a video the last two games there was probably twelve or so mismatches that they both of them combined, they either they found Mitch on the inside. RJ was finding Knox on the inside. Knox was taking a big, big man off the dribble from the top of the key. I think RJ did it a couple times. Um, you know the fact that RJ is doing that now, that's great. But Knox, you know, last year he really wasn't doing that from at least what I saw, especially passing the ball. So that was a pretty big step forward he took. Um, and then you know the RJ, the passing from the top of the key, and when he's not outside the paint, it's it's good. It's very good but I still want to see him improve a little bit more when, when the defense collapses and some of that's the lack of space and, you know, who knows how that's going to, um, you know, progress with Mitch down there. And I mean, Randall probably crashing also, but if you, in theory, give him more space, maybe the passing does improve a little bit more.
0: Well, so, you know, we always hear in the NBA about uh, the dunker spot, you know, the spot underneath the basket. And that's, if you you could still have somewhat a ball handler kind of maneuvering in that area with only one you know with only one other guy that, that is a non shooter on the floor because then that's just another outlet for them right I mean and we saw right. a couple lob attempts from R J to um, to Mitch I think over the course of the four games so yeah. but I agree with you R J Randall and Mitch that seems that, that feels a little tight. For me,
1: yeah, it's going uh, to be interesting to see what Fizdale does offense on offense because I think Randall actually he was like 70th percentile on catch and shoot threes, but but nobody I mean, guarded him. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm sure a huge chunk of those
0: were open. um well, well, it you know not that um, we have to spend a long time on this guy, but part of part of the reason I'm and again God help Fizdale uh, for having to dole out the minutes this year. I, 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 li- <laughs> I mean. I, I, I don't even I, I can't even say anything about it because like what do you say? Um I I tried to write about it in the newsletter this morning and I just was like, Yeah, I, I, I give up. Um but part of the reason I'm excited about the Marcus Morris signing is because I think he, he does warrant um actually, you know, someone guarding him on the perimeter. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was thinking actually about something I think you said it to me last time we were on um or maybe it was someone else, and if it's not you, I apologize, but, like, God, I know he's not going to come off the bench, but, like, the idea of Randall being a six-man who plays, like, 30 minutes a game, just in terms of how I could see the configurations working out with this team, wouldn't, uh, that, I almost think that would work better, but it's not going to happen, so I don't even think we should waste time talking about it, but do you see where I'm going with that? Yeah,
1: I mean, you could also just start him and
0: give him like the Dante Jones start three uh, minutes
1: and put him on the bench, but give him legit bench minutes.
0: Who was the other guy that got that always got the the uh, uh, the memorial? You know, two two three minutes. Uh, I think he used to play for the Raptors. I'm I'm forgetting the name like several several years ago. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Maybe we'll see. But um, no, back to just to, to finish up the point um, on RJ. I, I, I wonder if maybe they were just kind of telling – do you think they were just telling him like get yours or does – no, they, they're they probably just telling him to go out and make the right play. So he needs to go yeah, out. I think
1: and, it was a little bit of both. I mean yeah. he's always been the guy. So I think it was him kind of taking on that role. But I'm sure the coaching staff, like they wanted to see what he could do. and I'm pretty sure they gave him close to free reign also. Sure.
0: Um, you talked about Knox. Let's transition to him because I – it's probably a tie for me between uh Iggy and Knox, between the guy that I came away from summer league most excited about. And I so I'll preface this by saying that sometimes you see a guy come out in summer league and it's like there's always like two or three guys where it's like, Oh wow, this this person doesn't need to doesn't need to be wasting their time with this. Like John Collins last year, um I think Lonnie Walker to a certain extent this year um trying to think who else this year really really jumped out as like yeah you shouldn't be wasting your time with this nonsense um Bruce Brown Bruce Brown was good um yeah, yeah Bruce Brown was damn good you're right that's a good call um Knox wasn't to that level um but it, there were moments I think where you were like oh wow okay he he could kind of get his whenever he wants The thing that I noticed, and I'm curious what you think about it, is my indelible image of Knox last year was always him driving and, like, not even halfway to the basket. And you're like, oh, man, there's going to be some ugliness coming here. And sure enough, it was Um, with no looking to the corners. No, it was just like, I'm going to the basket. I don't know what's going to happen when I get there, but it's going to be funny. And I felt like I didn't um, see—honestly, I I don't know that I really saw any of that. And instead, he was looking for the contact. He was inviting the contact. I lost count of how many fouls he drew over the course of the last two games, but it it felt like a lot, and I know he got to the line (laughs) a fair bit. Were you impressed with how he was when he actually got to the basket and was was near the rim on those drives?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've actually posted this— Two days ago or yesterday um let me let me pull this up, but uh last summer league uh he had through four games where is it there we go through four games last year twenty eight free throws sorry twenty six free throws on seventy seven field goal attempts okay this year twenty eight free throws on forty nine field goal attempts Ooh. yeah That's i mean nice. And, and it's cool because it's beyond – you know, he's not flopping either. He's he's trying to actually dislodge guys at the rim. And even though he still might go for a weird floater, the fact that he's being that much more physical is great to see.
0: Where – is is that a increased strength thing or is that an, just an awareness thing or or is it a little bit of both, I guess?
1: I'm sure it's a strength thing. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit of awareness too, but I think it's also just being more comfortable. You know, last year he was – 18 19 years old now he's 19 knowing that you know i've been in a year for i've been in the league for a year already i know the physicality that it takes time to you know put my foot down and be physical
0: yeah um i something that i couldn't get a read on um throughout the week maybe just because i wasn't looking at it or maybe because there were no really glaring um terrible plays that stuck out and maybe this is the answer to my question but defensively could you would, did you see anything from Knox good or bad one way or the other this week
1: uh I mean nothing really popped I guess on defense the only time that I actually threw my hands up was one two times one he went for a bad transition steal
0: oh I remember that
1: no I remember much. It. and then yeah. there was another one where his man was in the corner uh <laughs> I forgot who it was against, but the opposing team that they threw the ball to the guy at the elbow, and he, you know, the guy with the elbow had his back turned to Knox, and so Knox thought it was a good time to go double. But you <laughs> literally doubled off the strong corner, and yeah. they ended up getting an open three. I forgot if he made it or missed it, but that was that was bad.
0: Okay. Yeah. No. That's that's pretty good, and then and that speaks to the um, feel issues that were obviously present last year, present before he got drafted from Kentucky. Um, I, I, do you, th- my opinion of Knox is this, if he could get to a level where he is in like, I don't know, the 40th to 45th percentile of NBA defenders. I, I feel like I'm really, really encouraged based on what we saw from this week just the some of the little things here and there where where are you at because i know you were you've been down on Knox. have you has your opinion changed at all uh i mean
1: if he keeps the aggression up and if the shot looks as good as it did you know those two games where he was just hitting everything or three games yeah like maybe still not a starter but i can see him being a legitimately good uh you know scorer off the bench
0: Okay. Well, listen. I, I know. <laughs> I, I don't think you ever re- revealed on here what your real opinions were on Knox last year, but you certainly <laughs> revealed in private to me, and I'll just say that they were not great. Um, so then I had me, my concerns. Yes, we'll, let's leave it like that. Let's leave it like that. Uh, and listen, l- look. I anyone like yes, we all we all said the same thing. He's only 19, but at the same time, like the the concerns were very real, and and to. You could say his age all you want, but ultimately if you're if you 're a person like me who 's still high on knox you 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 were doing you were taking that position with the anticipation of improvement in not one or two areas but like several areas so um, hopefully we 're on the way there um, let 's talk about Mitch uh, We got a bunch of questions about Mitch um, to uh, my tweet this morning. Um, I'll read one of them. Uh, this is from DP. Uh, what is Mitch Rob? M Robb actually put. What is his defensive ability? His blocking is amazing, but what about on-ball defense, pick and roll coverage, and weak side help? I know I'm in the minority, but I feel Mitch is still years away from being what we all want him to be, and the big man depth we are teased about was needed. So don't worry about the big man depth part because like whatever, we're not sure how that's going to shake out. But where, where do you think Mitch is at right now? um, Defensively.
1: Uh, I mean, he's definitely a ridiculous shot blocker just kind of anywhere in the court. Um, You know, you see some flashes of, of, of weak side protection, but so like, I I mean, like I was never the most athletic guy. So I always liked rotating when I had to and not, hoping that somehow I was able to jump, you know, as high as I possibly could and I need to rotate over. So when I watch Mitch, I see someone with all these athletic abilities that are, you know, they're amazing, but he's sometimes, you know, a half second late. So he'll touch the ball. I think he touched the ball twice after it was already up on the backboard. Um, he just doesn't get to the ball in time. So I, it's not like he doesn't see it because his eyes are looking that way. It's just, he has to actually rotate. Um, no, I mean, no. that concerned... Sure.
0: What was that? No, no, I was saying I agree with yeah. you, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that concerned me a little bit. But then, you know, I never really thought he was a great lateral athlete. I still don't think he is. But the few times he was caught in isolation over the last few games, he ended up doing really well. Um, and actually, the Knicks in general looked like they were doing a lot better in switch defense, which is good because, you know, they have guys who can switch multiple positions
0: can we talk uh, about that for a half a second you yeah you've been you've been trumpeting this since the day that they made their signings and i could not agree with you more like is there any reason this team shouldn't just switch every goddamn thing this year no no <laughs> if they don't switch
1: everything it's gonna be it it's going to be confusing Can you, like why
0: given the personnel that we at this point figured to get well I, I shouldn't even say I was about to say given the personnel that we figured to get time but I don't know that there's anyone on the roster who you'd look at and be like oh that person's not going to get time we have no idea let me just say given the personnel that they have now um mm-hmm. could you just explain you'll do a better job of it than me why switching makes so much sense
1: I think because it requires. I think they're, yeah. I mean, all right. Uh, it requires less thinking <laughs> like it's, it's much more <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, like, you know, you'll, you'll have guys worried about what ice defense is. You hear it, then it maybe takes you half second to process it. And then by that point, you're giving up an open three pointer cause you're caught up in the screen. So when you're switching, it's just everyone's switching and you already have the big guy up. um, and then you know if there's a mismatch, what Boston did really well is they would have paint switches. So if it was a one-five pick and roll, and, and for the Knicks, Mitch would be on the point guard. Then you know, let's say Dennis Smith Jr. would be in the big, and then there would be a weak side switch where, you know, maybe the three comes over to switch with the one. Um, yeah. So so even though, even though it might take some getting used to, the fact that you don't have to worry about. Where the weak side help is coming from on the roll and things like that, it's it's more instinctive. Um, it, it's quicker,
0: and, and just you know to to really drive the point home. And that, and what got me thinking about this was your comment about Mitch's lateral quickness. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I this would be more of a playoff thing. I don't expect Mitch to be caught out on an island against guards all too much during the regular season. But let's just say that he is. You know, it sounds like he can at least, you know, hold his own enough, um to to keep things honest. And then like, you know, thinking about well, what if Dennis Smith Jr. um gets switched on to a big, well, you know, this is how Houston has lived now for two straight years, daring opponents to post up James Harden and it just, you know, it, it doesn't work with enough efficiency to make it worth it. Now, James Harden is a n- not Good at a lot of things defensively, but he has built like a little you know brick shit house, and he holds his own. Dennis Smith Jr. is not um, of that uh, level of uh, girth, I want to say, but he's still you know he's he's not a pretty strong. Yeah, he's strong enough. So I'm kind of like yeah, let's go for it. Come on, especially if they if they're gonna play RJ at the two. I mean.
1: You know. Yeah, then you could definitely do it, and then yeah. you know you'll have guys in the weak side who'll be looking at the strong side action, being ready to switch if Dennis Smith Jr. is caught on a five. Um, yeah, but like you said I before, just yeah, to to switch, yeah, off. yeah like the, the pain switch. Um, yeah, the pain Boston switch. did it really well. The Pacers did it yesterday in the game that I watched and the game that they played yesterday. Rather, um, I'll try to post an example of that too.
0: Yeah, I just I, I'm, I'm curious which way they go. Um, I felt like they experimented with it at times last year, but they experimented with a lot of things last year. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that we should take any of that as, as gospel one way or the other. Um, all right, before we before we go, um, I want to give you. I'm gonna ju- here's what I'm gonna do on Iggy Iggy Brzezicki. I'm just gonna give you the floor. I'm not even gonna ask you a question. Just talk about Iggy for a minute or so.
1: Okay. Um I said this in the podcast you did before. I've said this on every podcast I've been on since the draft. Ignas Brzdakus will be or should be one of the Knicks' best value picks. And people you mean like in history off, in their history, yeah, it, yeah, like I I mean in history he will go down as one of the Knicks' top value picks relative to draft position. So even though he might never make an All-Star game, the fact that you're going to get a high rotation player in the forties, just like, you know, the Knicks got Mitch last year. That was another high value pick. That's huge. Um, I've seen people say online, I'm jumping the gun and all this stuff and fine. You know, I could be, it's just summer league. We've seen Anthony, not Anthony Randolph, like tear up summer league, Nate uh, Robinson, everyone's torn up summer league. You know, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to translate, but he is physical. He can finish with both hands. He can shoot. Um, and his defensive rotations, like, I, oh, man, they're
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- like, I love your excitement when talking about defensive rotations.
1: Uh. Well, it's fun for me. Like, I grew up loving Nick Collison. Now I love Marcus Gasol, or, you know, two years ago Marcus Gasol when he was still peak. Um, I like guys who aren't the best athletes, but they get around it by rotating and being in the right spot at the right time. And his isolation defense was actually better than I ever expected. Um, so, I mean, I'm super super excited about just what he can become and now it's just a question of whether or not he'll actually get minutes.
0: So, just zooming out big picture wise for a second and I'm only thinking about this cuz I literally just finished writing about it in the newsletter. Um I didn't go into this level of specificity, but if I had to guess, I mean at this point I I they're going to make a trade, you know sometime yeah. between December 15th and February whatever uh, day the trade deadline ends up being um, maybe more than one trade I, would, I mean it wouldn't shock me if Iggy maybe shuttled back and forth between Westchester over the first like three months of the season and then ended up getting like significant significant minutes um, kind of like what I thought they would do with Mitch last year and then Mitch came in and was like <laughs> maybe their they're, you know, best player for a while um, right. you know, I mean, who knows what happens with, with Iggy, but I'm, I'm with you. And I, I know your concern, your biggest concern, maybe before the draft or or after the draft rather was his passing. I, I noticed mm-hmm. a couple nice passes that he made over the course of the four games too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was actually talking with Ashton about that. Okay. Um, you know, he's a huge Michigan fan. He went to Michigan and he said that his passing really isn't that good, but, um, the stuff that he's shown in summer league was pretty nice. And I completely agree with that.
0: Um, last thing before we go. And I feel really, really bad that this guy got hurt. Um, I don't, I don't remember the actual play that he got hurt on, but I was right behind their bench, um, for the Toronto game. And I, he was like noticeably hobbling, uh, is, uh, Kenny Wooten. Um, I didn't know he got hurt. All right. Yeah. No, I don't. Well, I actually don't know that it. Okay. So maybe I don't mean to be like trying to break any news here, but again, I was right behind their bench and that dude was hobbling. Um, right. Noticeably for me. I don't know if anything's been reported on it, but obviously he didn't play against the Lakers and we didn't see him after. Um, I, I don't even know if he played in the second half against the Raptors. Um, that dude is an NBA player. Uh okay right? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's fun. Like if it were up to me, I would have Iggy and Wooten on the court basically at all times, because if, if Iggy's beaten off the dribble, you have, you know, a mini Mitch and Wooten standing somewhere in the paint, ready to block
0: it. And he's quicker uh, than Mitch. Let's just be clear. like Mitch. Yeah. Obviously Mitch's length and uh, yeah. o- o- otherworldly physical abilities. Like, yes, that's its own thing. But Wooten is like, he is, he's fast. Yeah. And, I mean, he's fun, you know. He, there,
1: there was a one-minute stretch, and uh, maybe it was game two. He had a screen assist. Uh, it was either a, sc- it, w- it was either like a would-be screen assist, then the three-pointer missed, and he got an offensive rebound, or it was just a straight-up screen assist. Then on the opposite end of the court, it was a perfectly timed rotation, and like he can play twenty minutes a game, take two shots, or three shots. Have zero like none of those shots will come off. Plays run for him and be plus ten in the uh, plus minus because he's doing everything else that you need to win.
0: What what was the the knock on him like? Why didn't some team draft him to be like just their backup five for like you know fifteen twenty minutes a game? I'm like not. What what can't he do that I'm not or what did what what was the thought that he can't do coming into the draft that I'm not seeing because he sure seems like a guy who can play backup five in the league right now.
1: I, th- I think the question more is what can he do on offense besides just finishing the paint?
0: Well, like what like, else do you need your backup five to do in the league today? Like I'm, I'm, I am I know it, I'm being a little yeah. facetious, but what, what, like, you know. I mean, in,
1: in theory, you'd want him to be able to pass a little bit out of the short roll. Okay. Um, or I guess just kind of, you know, pass a little bit in general. But if I remember correctly, he also kind of measured in on the smaller side. Um,
0: yeah, up, he looks – I don't know. I don't have his exact measurement in front of him. If I had to guess, I would say he's like 6'10", 6'9", 6'10", yeah. something like that. But, uh, I mean, that
1: probably played a role in it, but I, I was super happy with how he played.
0: Yeah, no, me too. Um, and then I, before we, we go, um, I have to ask this. Was Lamar Peters on like anybody's radar? Because that dude, defensively, I know he's small, and like he, I'm sure can't do several things that you need to do to be a guard and actually play in the league, but... Man, watching that guy defend, was that was fun.
1: Yeah, he's someone who gets over the screens really well. Oh, my God. Like, he's feisty on defense. (laughs) Yeah,
0: he's – like, when he was, like, hounding guys, like, the minute they cross half court, I was like, get me this dude, you know, somewhere – get him involved in Knicks practices. Like, make sure that guy comes to training camp at the very least. Um, Yeah, I mean, he has to –
1: if it were up to me, I would – not give Chris Wilkes the two-way I know he didn't play but this is just based on going what I've seen at UCLA yeah. and I would give a two-way to Wooten and to Lamar Peters and you know Peters he might never be a great finisher but on offense he passes well even though, you know he can force a pass here and there sure he can yeah. shoot um but the defense and Wooten he's all defense and he's just a team guy and I think those are the guys you really want on your team to build a culture
0: yeah I don't um I don't know offhandedly who Wilkes' agent is and how big of a a misstep that would be. I mean, from my vague recollection, since two ways have really become a thing in the league, I don't remember a team basically going back on one before it even really had a chance to to take no, shape. Yeah, they're not going. So yeah, th- yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen. But um, no, I, I, I and. You know, we were again. We were kind of talking about it before we came on. There's, there's some going on uh, with Wilkes. I mean, you know, a report doesn't come out a couple of days before summer league starts that like he's sick. uh mm. for yeah, okay, he's sick for eleven days. Um, there's, uh, yeah, no, something, something's going on there.
1: So he's with Wasserman
0: so Uh, i wouldn't want to go
1: back on that yeah no that's not that's not a good move okay if you actually if you don't mind i'd just like to answer one question i just saw
0: yeah sure Uh, by by all means
1: yeah so nick surge was asking why frank hasn't had the success i thought he'd have um and to me it's pretty simple frank is a pick and roll point guard he's a system point guard and he has not played in the system since he was in france
0: it's kind of bad yeah no that's uh, I'm. I so so badly want to see him get time with so many yep. of these guys. And I mean,
1: he's. I think he's the perfect fit. Like the theory of Frank and what he's shown in flashes. Like if he could make those flashes seventy percent of the games he plays in, yeah, that yeah. is the perfect fit next to RJ. Better than Smith. Better than Peyton, It's Frank. Yeah. Now, you know whether or not he'll get the chance is anyone's. Question or whatever that saying is, but you know we'll see.
0: I mean, look, the chips—not maybe not in general for him as an NBA player, but on on this, like as a Nick, that you know you can't have the deck more stacked against you than it is for Correct. like no, like literally. There's nobody who thinks he's going to even be with the team by the time the first game starts. So, you know what? Maybe he just says, "Fuck it, I'm going to go out and th- whatever." You Because know, as much as we put on the team, and a lot of it is on the team, and a lot of it is just the bad luck of, like you just said, he was drafted to play in a system that then got vanquished a week after he was drafted. Um, but maybe he just says, you know, fuck it. Um, let me go out there and go balls to the wall and get over whatever kind of mental hurdles are still there. Because I do think those, those are there. Um, and we'll see. Um, I'm... I'm I, I remain naively optimistic, um, Spencer. You're the best. Uh, anything you want to plug, promote, say uh, before we go? Um, I don't think so. I don't like. I'm not working
1: on any pieces. I'm just kind of putting videos out. Oh, I hope everyone's enjoying the new animations. I'm pretty proud of that.
0: <laughs> I love the animations. The little, the, they're. It's. I love them. If you don't know what we're talking about, I'm not even going to try to describe them. Just go to uh Spencer's Twitter page, which is at S K Perlman, P-E-A-R-L-M-A-N. And um just scroll down and look at any like literally any video. <laughs> and you'll you'll see them, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're there. Yeah.
0: They're really good stuff. And uh, have been very helpful to me and I know to a lot of other Nick fans in um digesting and understanding what we just saw. And uh yeah, one more game left to go tomorrow at six against the uh, Washington Wizards, I believe. And Rui Hachimura or young Kawhi, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and and
1: Pachniks. Uh, Anzes, Anze's Patchniks, Patchniks. The remember who was drafted by Philly as like the next Latvian three point uh, rim protector? And ah then, yes,
0: yes, 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 yes.
1: Yeah. That, then he was cut by Philly. <laughs> now he's with Washington.
0: Yeah, and, and Troy Brown, uh hey, Troy Brown's played okay. Um Yeah. He's been fine. Um yeah. all right, Spencer, you're the man. I appreciate you taking some time um on an otherwise uh beautiful uh Friday. The sun is out. And uh yeah, we'll uh I'm sure we'll talk to you um again before too long.
1: Absolutely. Take care, man. Yeah.